Oklahoma is the Big 12 champion for the sixth year in a row and for the 14th time in the 25-year history of this conference. Well, there's just one of the many classics that it feels like OU has had against Iowa State over the past several years. What should you expect on Saturday? Well, I know a lot of OU fans have different responses as to what to expect from this individual team going up to Ames on Saturday. But in terms of what to expect from the game as a whole, Travis, man, I mean, there's a long stretch here where you've played very, very close games against Iowa State. The game last year in Norman was tight. You needed that thick six uh, to kind of separate yourself there and win the game. Uh, that 2020 clip from the Big 12 championship game was close. The 2020 game in Ames was close. 2019, uh, Iowa State had a two-point conversion to win. 2018, you won by 10, but really that was a close football game. 2017, you lose at home. 2016 was like on a Thursday night, and you had to play with your fullback as running back one. 2015 was the last time that you handled these guys with you know pretty pretty easy success it's just I, I think that's the one thing you got to expect tomorrow is win or lose it's going to be a close game against these guys it always is yeah yeah it will be and it's interesting because a lot of those uh um, memories that you brought back up thanks a lot it gave me ptsd a little bit I, some of those memories. Hey, I know. but but a, a lot of that that you brought up those were teams that at least on paper were far and away better you know than those iowa state teams you're talking top five teams top 10 teams things like that you know we're rolling in as a four and three team in the hopefully the middle of a rebuild hopefully not too far close at the beginning of a rebuild but i guess we that stands to be seen but you know we know we are uh, at this point you know an offense offensive led team uh that's been struggling on defense uh, got to get some Obviously, some of his personnel in there, but yeah, you're right, Tyler. It's going to be close, um, but 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 it's it feels completely different than these games have felt in the past. Uh, by the way, Travis is going to be hanging out with us till I don't know around 4:30 or so, whenever Teddy gets to his hotel room up there in Ames. So there's no telling how long uh, Travis is going to be hanging out with us today. Appreciate you uh, filling in on this Friday, and you are at a Jethro's somewhere in the state of Iowa. Are you uh, close to Des Moines? Is that where you're at? Well, I, I am. I'm in Johnston. So what's they have seven locations, Tyler. So they we will be at the Ames one in the morning, and so for pregame and for postgame. But right now we're keeping it in the Jethro's family. Uh, we are at the Johnston one. So if if you're driving up, if you want to stop by and and, and have a beer or uh, have some of these famous boneless wings that Doug Miles just is obsessed with. Um, yeah, come by and come through, but go to the one in Johnston. Don't go to any of them that are in Des Moines. Yeah, you'll be at the one in Ames tomorrow from uh, 8 to 10 and for the two-hour postgame, correct? Correct, and th they claim that it is the largest sports bar in the Big 12 Conference. Now, Teddy said earlier this morning, he texted in, and said that uh, Kegler's, I believe it is, in, in West Virginia, he said in Morgantown, that, that, that's got to be the biggest. But I don't, think, uh, I don't think Jethro's would make such a claim without, you know, at least doing a little bit of research. I, uh, th maybe this is uh, what can get Iowa State and West Virginia 
as a big rivalry to see who has the largest bar, you know? <laughs> Maybe that's what the new yeah, 12 needs to get things spiced up. I'll call Keglers here in a little bit, and I'll try and I'll try and ruffle some feathers. Yeah. Uh, don't forget about the official ref watch party tomorrow in OKC. I'm going to be at Vin Pizza on Britain in Oklahoma City. Get there around 10.30, 10.45. Obviously, the game starts at 11, but the doors will be open a few minutes before kickoff. Come join us at Vin Pizza on Britain. We're going to watch the whole game there. Going to do the two-hour postgame show there and the ref army. Trust me, they, they show up. Uh, they showed up earlier this year for the first ref watch party. For the TCU game, they packed out a bar in Omaha before the Nebraska game. If you're looking to hang out with some OU fans tomorrow and watch a football game, Vin Pizza on Britain is the spot. Let's get the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line going this first segment with this question. More than anything, I want to see blank, and I'm talking about tomorrow. That can be a particular player playing really well. That can be a particular position group. Like wh- Whatever it is, more than anything, I want to see blank. And my submission, I don't know about you, Travis, more than anything, I want to see Danny Stutzman in the middle of that defense have his best game of the year. He's had some spots this year where he's played well. He's had some other spots where maybe he hasn't played as well. But this defense right now, they need a lot of things, but they need someone to step up and kind of be the dude. You know, someone who's going to consistently be that player week in and week out that you can count on. That's not only for this year. I think that that guy needs to start developing for next year as well. Billy Bowman's a candidate for that, but I don't necessarily think that he's going to play tomorrow. Like, now is when I think we need to start seeing Danny Stutzman elevate his play I know he didn't play a ton last year as at least as a starting backer but now is the time for Danny Stutzman to start to get better and better as the season goes on it's a big spot for him tomorrow it's a maybe even a favorable matchup against that Iowa State offense the time is now Danny Stutzman let's start seeing it tomorrow in Ames yeah yeah that's uh that is a great submission to what you would like to see you know what I'd like to see I would like to see Eric Gray get more than 20 carries. Um, you know, it's uh, Tyler. You and I throughout the season have said, you know, what is this team good at? What 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 is what? How can this team really excel? And the run game has been the answer, really. Um, you know, Eric Gray is having a heck of a season, but he's not doing it on a lot of carries. He's only seventh in the Big 12 in carries, and he's only had one game that he had more than 16 carries. And for comparison, B. John Robinson has had six games with more than 16 carries. Deuce Vaughn has had five. So I think Eric Gray is the type of back that, you know, you can, you can hand him the ball 20-plus times. Yeah. And so I'd like to see that from him because I do believe, I know Iowa State's got, you know, the top-ranked rush defense in the conference, but the way Eric Gray is running the ball right now, with with that patience and the way the offensive line is playing, I would love to see the offense throw quickly early to kind of open up that run, and uh, I would love to see Eric Gray uh, kind of bell cow this thing. Well, today. and that's the point is you know not only can Eric Gray, I, I think you know can he be out there for twenty carries? I think we'd all agree, right, that he's earned twenty carries in the run game. He's playing the best ball of his career, and not that I don't want to continue to give the ball to Barnes and even Major if he's healthy, but your number one running back is very clear right now. It's very obvious who the best running back on your team is. So I'm actually there with you. 
Like, I want to see Gray get 20 carries tomorrow or more because why, Travis, more than anything? It means they're having success in the run game, and Jeff Levy is sticking to the run game against that rush three, drop eight style of look defensively. Right, and I brought up the number of carries, right? The, his, his season high in carries came against Kansas, of course. It was his best game as a Sooner, but Tyler, to your point, you know, you know why he had that many carries? is because we had a lead. And he stuck with it. We had that long, you know, that long drive in the fourth quarter. We won the time of possession. I think as you give the ball to Eric Gray more, you start. It's a good sign. I'll just say it like that. Yeah. Uh, text line says uh, more than anything, I want to see a special team score and a sack and scoop for the D. Um, if OU has a special team score tomorrow, I feel very good about them winning the game. And will OU have a special team score tomorrow? Well, there's an opportunity against an Iowa State defense that ranks very low in the Big 12 in like every uh, statistical category when it comes to special teams. But they have a special team score, and they have a uh, sack fumble tomorrow. Um, yeah, that's like just what the doctor ordered for this football team, for sure. I want to see them hey, get off the what, field. That's what happened last time we saw it. That's yeah. what happened last time, the thick six. I'll take another thick six. I want to see them get off the field on third downs, improve that opponent third down percentage. That's a good one. Uh, let's see, Eric Gray is quick and has nice patience and pretty good vision, but can he break tackles at the line of scrimmage? Yeah, I mean, I, I have we not? I, I think we've seen that over the course of the past aver- couple of weeks. You don't average 7.2 yards per carry if you can't break tackles at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Uh, please, no busted coverages in the secondary. Amen on that one. Uh, good defensive effort, so everyone will shut the heck up. This one says, I know it's not a sexy answer, but I want to see Zach Schmidt be 100% on field goals tomorrow because I think he will have to make a couple of long ones, which, yeah, I mean, maybe potentially he will. But he's been solid. Like I said, I don't, think you're allowed, I don't think you're allowed to score touchdowns, uh, according to the two teams that play here full-time. So um, he may have to make 10 of them, like I said, for Parker to get his 30-27 to 27 prediction. A constant. But I do like that people are bringing up field goal kicker is what they want to see. You know, that's that's a, that seems like a well-informed fan base. Well, I mean, tomorrow's one of those games. I, I think that that answer goes to everyone knows or understands what the margin of error is with this team. Not only this game for the rest of the year, and this team isn't just so good that they can leave points out there on the field. So, yeah, you get an opportunity for three points, you, you better take advantage of it because uh, – Though I don't think that this offense will struggle to score points for the remainder of the year, again, the margin of error is just pretty slim with this team right now, uh, unfortunately. More than anything, I want to see OU score more points than Iowa State. There's your answer right there, Travis. There's the uh, overall key we've hit on there. Yeah, just getting out of here with a win. I mean, we talked about your prediction, 31-30. That is quite literally as slim of a margin that is possible in a game still getting out with a win. And you know what? I'd be happy driving back to Tulsa, um, you know, tomorrow evening if it was, uh, you know, with a win. I don't want to. I don't want to make that drive after a loss. Dwayne and Norman, I want to see a defensive front that matters. Um, that's also a great point, man. I mean, what does OU have? One sack in conference play, I think, so far this year. And when this defense was actually playing well early in the season, Travis, we were talking about a defensive line and a front seven that was really disruptive. The sack numbers, the TFL numbers, like all, all of that looked really good, and they just haven't been that defensive line really since the Nebraska game. So, 
yeah, I feel like everyone's going to jump out of their chairs tomorrow and fist pump if uh, OU has more than one sack and they get several TFLs and, you know, they they cause, uh, here's the point, they cause Hunter Deckers to look like the ninth or tenth best quarterback in the conference. That's what really everyone's getting at. Right, because we need, Tyler, we need a good example to use as a rebuttal in the future whenever we play a, a quarterback that's not very good and the text line hits us with, well, we make every bad quarterback look like a Heisman candidate. We want to be able to be like, hey, you remember Iowa State? You remember Iowa State? We didn't that time. I'm I'm waiting for a really good example for that. We've got the Casey Thompson example, but I, w- I would like it to end conference play. Uh, Sean says, I want to see a team get OU's best effort. And I, I, I agree with that because what's the line that we always hear, Travis? And I think Brent even said it earlier this week, either at the oh, Rudy he, Show he, or the press conference. OU gets everyone's yep, you're gonna best, get the shot, best right? Yeah, you're it gonna is, get it. Yep, got, it's everybody's Super Bowl, and, it, and it's know. it's not wrong. But how about OU give someone their their best effort? You know, like make it go right. the other who way does, around. Who does Oklahoma give their best effort to right now? Who Tyler? If you who who do they really give their best effort to right now? Well, they gave it to Nebraska this year, if that's what you're asking. Okay. Would you agree yeah, with that? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I, it's just interesting from the perspective of, you know, having a team be their Super Bowl, right? Like, we talk about that with Bedlam. We talk about it with every team that we play. It's, you know, you win this game, it makes your season. You know, is there – did the Nebraska game feel that much like, oh, man, we got to win this game early. It's really a, a big – Big time spot for Brent Venables in his first road game as a uh, uh, as a head coach in this program. I don't know. I, I, I kind of like every game to have that emphasis. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Not only can Bre- uh, Greg break tackles at the line of scrimmage against Kansas, he broke a couple of linemen's ankles at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. See, I and I think everyone like recognizes what type of back he is right now. Again, he's the leader in the nation in yards per carry, uh, yards per carry uh, currently. But the last time they uh, played a game, Travis, he scores a touchdown inside the red zone, and it's called back because of a bogus holding call. And then on the very next play, they give it to him again, and he scores a touchdown uh, on the very next play when it looked like you might have to settle for three points. So Eric Grace looked like one of the better football players on your team. Uh, if there's someone tomorrow or if there's a – like a list of three players that I feel like are going to have a big day tomorrow, Eric Gray is definitely in that three-man mix for sure. Yeah, you know who else is in there? Brayden Willis. I mean, he, he, he's a guy that you're pretty much confident. I mean, it came up a lot in the press conference as well. Um, he talked about NFL scouts really liking what they see, comes with the right mentality every day. Um, Levy said he is Oklahoma football. It's it's it, He embodies it. Uh, I think Braden's going to have a big day as well. Yeah, he and he might need to. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. It's a football Friday on the rush. Talking more OU Iowa State coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. Why say boo this Halloween? Say booyah at Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. Featuring the new 2022 Buick Enclave, a quiet, comfortable, responsive SUV. And the new 2022 Buick Encore fits the way your life moves. Balanced handling, smooth ride, and a posh interior.
Football Friday on the Rush. There's OU head coach Britt Venables from his press conference on Tuesday. Basically saying, hey, five games left in the regular season. We can win them all or we can lose them all. And we've had plenty of conversations uh, throughout the bye week and, of course, this game week. What uh, record OU is going to have throughout these uh, final five games. And maybe I'm wrong, Travis, but I kind of think this game uh, tomorrow against Iowa State sets the table for what the record is going to be in the final five games. They win tomorrow and play well. All right, let's start talking about a 4-1, and one, potentially 5-0 and oh finish. You lose tomorrow, and I, I wonder if the thought process on Monday is going to go back to, oh gosh, is this team going to get two more wins and make a bowl game? Yeah, I mean, Tyler, when we were talking about it kind of, uh, I think last week, it was, you know, you look at some of the games, you feel decent about uh, – um, you feel decent about West Virginia, you feel decent about Tech, and you feel decent about Iowa State. Those are three that you've got to get. If you lose this one, I mean, you truly do believe, Venables, when he says, you can lose every one of these games if you do that. Now, if you win this game, you feel pretty good about West Virginia, you feel pretty good against Tech, um, but you lose this one and 0-5 is absolutely on the table. Yeah, sure. I, I don't think that they're going to go 0-5. I don't think very many people think that they're going to go 0-5. But the point is, is you got five games left, and this is, if not your most winnable game, probably number two in the final five game stretch. Yeah, man. I mean, if you're going to figure out a way to go with four and one here, you, you need to go ahead and get the uh, get the Iowa State win. What? Uh, well, in the offenses you're going against, it's like, you know, the defense. It. We talk about a get right game, and unfortunately, I think we talked about the get right game being what TCU, and then that that didn't that didn't work out well for us at all. Um, but this is a get-right opportunity for the defense. Just look like the defense that we had the first three games. How about that? Like, I'm not asking you to be a top-five defense. I'm asking you to – I'm asking you just to get back to what I saw you do. We, Tyler, we saw it with our own eyes. So that's why I kind of like this this Iowa State matchup coming off a bye. Just get out of your heads and say, you know what, just just play like we were playing. Or just, just hold Iowa State to their season average. How about that? What? Wouldn't anybody take that? I think it's yeah. around 23 yeah. points, maybe 23, 24, somewhere in that range. I'll take that side unseen of whatever that looks like tomorrow. Hold Iowa State to, to 23 points. Let's go. Like, they, they are an offense that they, they have their issues. They do have a really good wide receiver, but they have issues. Like my expectation tomorrow is not for OU to play four dominant quarters uh, defensively. But I'd like for them to at least play two and a half, three quarters of really good defense, Travis. Like, I think that that's a fair ask. And let's combine that with a couple of turnovers against a QB that's been very turnover prone up to this point. We're not asking a lot yeah. tomorrow. Not, we're, not, we're not asking yeah. for everything. I don't, feel like we're being too, I don't feel like we're being too greedy on this, uh, on this uh, afternoon, on this OEC football Friday, Tyler. It's, uh, I don't think we're being too greedy. Just put together a couple quarters. If you put together... A couple of good quarters because our offense, I talked about it uh, on Wednesday, offense, it averages 550 yards a game when, when uh, Dylan plays the whole game. That's good for second in the country, only behind Tennessee. So I know Iowa State's defense is good, sure, but, I mean, 550 yards a game is, is really good. Yeah, OU's going to – they're going to hit on some plays offensively tomorrow. I mean, they're not – Iowa State's defense is really good. I'd probably make the argument they're the best defense that OU will have faced up to this point, but 
I don't think that we're going to be looking up five minutes left in the fourth quarter and OU's got six points on the board or anything. I don't think that they're going to have 45 points on the board, Travis, but OU's going to be able to move the ball and make some plays tomorrow. Um, I just need to see some improvement. Just show me some improvement from this team overall, but especially defensively. And I've been saying that now for two weeks, but... Man, I'm not I'm not being greedy here. I don't think that I'm uh, over asking for anything. Just show me a defense that looks like it's made improvement over the past couple of weeks. That's what I think we need to see tomorrow. And I think if you do that, uh, see a defense that's shown improvement, I think you'll be in a really good spot to win the game. Tyler, I think two things that you have to do um, to show improvement is you got to play CJ Colden more. It's clear that he's a playmaker. Um, with two interceptions in back-to-back games already. Let's see if he can uh, go for the three-peat in that. Um, But also, I want to see more Robert Spears Jennings, man. I mean, that guy on the back end, he is one of the future, hopefully, stars at safety. He's got the body type for it. He's got the speed. Um, He's not afraid to get physical downhill. Uh, I, I would love to see those two play a lot more today and maybe give us a glimpse into something that we're going to see the rest of the year. Jim in Arlington says, I want to see Javante Barnes have a 100-yard day just for Tyler. Hey, I we just got done what, saying that we want Eric Gray to have 20 carries or more, and that is the case for both of us. I would welcome a 100-yard day for uh, Javante Barnes, and I kind of think he's going to be running back number two tomorrow. I, I mean – Tyler, you tell me, when you say he's going to be running back two tomorrow, is that something we say every Friday for the rest of the season? Because I, I kind of feel like it. If he plays well tomorrow, then, yeah, I, I, I feel that way. Like, this is – I, I don't know. We'll see if Marcus Major gets maybe a little bit more run at running back two than I'm thinking. But I, I think what tomorrow is is a potential separation of who your number two back is behind Eric Gray. Eric Gray's clearly your number one guy, but I think we're kind of in a battle now between uh, Barnes and Major as to who the number two back's going to be. And I think Barnes has the opportunity to separate himself if he has a really good day tomorrow. You agree with that? Yeah, it, it's, his, it's his to lose right now. I mean, it's, it's very much he's going to have to put the ball on the turf, I think, really to lose it it's gonna it's going to come down to ball security of him losing it I think with him he's taking his coaching extremely well he runs downhill he runs north south better than any young back that I've seen in a long time a lot of young backs Tyler they they like to bounce it to the outside because in high school they were faster than everybody on the edges so they would just get to the outside that's why all the time you watch all this high school tape and they're rarely running between the tackles they get outside and then they just beat everybody down the sideline usually young running backs rely on that and they just jump cut outside until they run out of bounds but not him man he is between the tackles he likes to to lay the wood to a tackler and with that kind of stuff i mean makes you excited for the future and like we talked about with with seeing people uh um you know seeing people on the defense look towards 2023 you know give give javante barnes a a little bit more run because he's going to be a massive part of that offense next year lg sooner 63 what do i want to see everyone knows iowa state's offense is anemic I want to see defensive results that still make them look anemic and not allow them to score 30-plus points. And I feel like if I could take uh, all of the text responses, Travis, 
like put it into a blender and, and one text can come out. It, it's exactly that. Like, just make Iowa State look like a bad offense tomorrow. We don't necessarily expect OU to look elite defensively and hold these guys to three points tomorrow, but they're 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 an offense that has a lot of issues. Don't allow them to have don't allow Hunter Deckers to have a career day against our defense. I think that's kind of how yeah, everyone make feels. Iowa State make Iowa State look like Iowa State. Like and and that's all that's all you ask, right? And and again, that was a great text. Everybody knows Iowa State can't score, so don't don't be the ones looking stupid, you know. And and safety plays got to improve, got to get pressure on the quarterback. But first and foremost, you just have to do your job. Just just be sound. And this Iowa State defense is going to or offense is going to struggle to score by just being sound. Don't let guys run wide open without twenty yards. Uh, anybody within twenty yards, and I think we can do that. Uh, this is interesting. A little off topic, but interesting nonetheless. Loyal, uh, loyal listener Chris just tagged me in a tweet that is from uh, Brandon Zimmerman, who is a part of the SEC network. And I believe that A&M uh, Ole Miss game tomorrow is on the SEC network. That's where, where it's being aired. He tweets out, Jimbo Fisher bailed on today's standard production meeting with the at SEC network game crew. Uh, Tom, Her- uh, Tom Hart just told Paul Feinbaum that. And the quote from Tom Hart, who I believe is the play-by-play guy on that game tomorrow, quote, I don't know why, but I've been doing this for a minute, and that's the first time a head coach bailed on a production meeting, end quote. So maybe yeah, this is... Nothing to see here. Everything's fine, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe it's, 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 it's nothing. I, I just kind of interesting timing with everything going on at A&M, right, that Jimbo bails on the well, production meeting. When you say maybe it's nothing, sure, but in history, if if the per, if a person is the first person ever to not do something, then it's a, it's more than nothing. Yeah, I mean it's 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 not nothing, right? So if if every other coach in in, in this person's career has done this, and then Jimbo in a week where they're suspended players. In a week where he's got a ton of injuries, in a, in a week where, I mean, just just complete just forest fire in College Station, that's the week that you have to show up to the production meeting. Well, you have to you have to instill some sense of normalcy yeah. and confidence in the program. No, I agree, and I've never been inside a TV production meeting. I don't know exactly what they look like. I, I have a pretty good idea. <laughs> I don't think that you get the hard-hitting questions like you would at a press conference. I don't think Tom Hart and whoever else is on that team, I think maybe Jordan Rogers, Aaron Rogers' little brother, is like the, the color guy on that broadcast. But I don't, they're not asking the hard-hitting questions of what's wrong with his culture there or anything like that. Uh, no, they're softballs. You know? Yeah, they're, they're softballs no. wanting to know about the roster and the team. So No, it is it And is it's not live. Like, it's not like – it's, it's, it's not – you know, broadcast live or anything like they're just they're wanting to learn about stuff that they can use up in the booth. So, well, you know, in our conversations uh, this week, you know, they really talked about how this like you you can you can say whatever you want in those things. Yeah, they're not going to be grilling you. They don't hook you up to a stenographer. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. Interesting. Maybe Jimbo is already negotiating a deal to become the next head coach at West Virginia. Maybe that's what's going on here. Who knows? But yeah, Auburn. Auburn fans will tell you. Oh it's my gosh, Auburn. Oh, Jimbo to Auburn. 
Uh, I don't think we deserve that, but it would be. Could you amazing. imagine? Could you imagine him and Nick Saban in the uh, same state? Toxic meets toxic. Jimbo oh, Fisher and Auburn. Amazing. The most toxic head coach in college football meets the most toxic program in all of college football. It would be the perfect marriage. Oh, what could go it's wrong? almost too perfect. <laughs> it's almost too per- it's it's oh man, it's gotta happen. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Football Friday on the rush rolls on next. Keep it locked on the ref. You know, I, I think one of the things that sticks out to me about him as much as anything is really what he stands for. You know, I think, again, there's 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 some coaches in this profession that are in it for the right right reason, that care about kids, that want to see things done the right way. And, you know, I think that's that's really what has impressed me about him getting to know Coach Venables and, you know, a guy that cares about kids. It's really working hard to put him in the best position to be successful, but at the root of it, you know, really wants young people to have success and cares about them as young people. So um, I think he's great for our profession, for sure. There's Iowa State head coach Matt Campbell. He's a big fan of Brent Venables. Football Friday, Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Travis is hanging out with the OU Club of Iowa at Jethro's. Jethro's in Johnston, Iowa. Do I have the correct town there? Yes, they do have seven locations, so wow. um, you'll be able to see uh, a few Oklahoma license plates out there. Uh, well, at least my my license plate, and then you got you got Doug and Kelso, and you got the uh, Senor OU crowd up in here. It's, it's a party, man. How it's was a party. The, how was the drive to Ames? I've never made it before. Uh, I mean, after I mean, I drove to Baton Rouge last weekend, so it was shorter than that. Uh, but it was nice. Got on the road about, I don't know, 7 a.m., tuned in to KREF all day long. Got to listen to everybody as I came on up. And, yeah, it was, it was a nice drive. Uh, I mean, I'll be, I'll be making it uh, here shortly, hopefully in a great mood after a big win. <sighs> yeah, golly, man. I, and we said it, what, two weeks ago today. is like, geez, this fan base just needs a win. And they got that win against Kansas. And I think uh, – Everyone's definitely feeling better today than they did two weeks ago, but it goes back to this game I think is really going to set the table for the final stretch run of the year. You win tomorrow, and there's some optimism that, you know, maybe you can get to eight wins this year, nine wins with the bowl game. Maybe there's even some optimism out there that you can get to nine wins in the regular season and potentially ten wins with the bowl game. But there's not going to be a whole lot of optimism if you drop this game on the road to Iowa State tomorrow at 11 a.m., which, by the way, OU listed as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, yeah, man, it's a – for a matchup of two programs that are at the bottom of uh, of the conference, like, there's some real desperation for both these teams right now, which makes it really, really intriguing. OU, like, we know that the spot that they're in, we've talked about it several times already – but Iowa State, they're desperate too, man. They're looking for their first conference win of the year. This is a matchup tomorrow of two teams that are good in some areas, but two teams that definitely have flaws, and two teams that are incredibly desperate for a win on Saturday. Oh, absolutely. I mean, their their four losses have come by a combined fourteen points, and I tell you what, I I think Tyler the the ultimate goal the rest of the season, at least in in my eyes, obviously to keep winning, but 
you know, at the end of the year, you always hear about teams that are the ones that, oh, you don't want to, nobody wants to play them. Nobody wants to play them right now, man. They're, they're on a run, man. Nobody wants to see them in a bowl game. Nobody wants to see them, blah, blah, blah. I think this team's got the opportunity to, opportunity to do it, and maybe this is just um, a little bit of my petty side coming out, but I want to obviously beat teams that Texas beat by a larger margin, and I want to win enough games and the offense looked good enough for us to say, yeah, you know, if we'd have had Dylan in that game, you know, my, things might have gone a little differently because as of right now, you know, you can't, you can't see a uh, Texas fan on Twitter without them just replying to whatever you say with 49-0. Yeah, and, it's, and, it's, and it's, it's hard to come back with anything. I mean. <sighs> yeah, because that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. But, if I, but I think if there's such an obvious, like, look, this team is a million percent different. With Dylan Gabriel, and, and I think I think OU fans believe that. I mean, what we saw against Kansas, that would not have been possible with anybody else under center, at least anybody that's currently on the roster. So um, that's what I'm looking for: is just win, cover your spreads, you know, and 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 win four more games. Maybe I mean, is that is that too much to ask, Tyler? I mean, OSU looks like uh, they'll be our our toughest competition remaining because Baylor doesn't quite look like they were what we thought they would be. So, I mean, you get OSU, you get them at home, you never know. Um, but I think 4-1 and one would calm a lot of people down and excite people about the future. Unless you lose to Oklahoma State. Um, that's, that's just one that they may be, they are, the toughest remaining game on this five-game slate. But you can't lose to Oklahoma State and Texas in the same year. And I know OSU is pretty good this year, and maybe they win tomorrow, but – there are going to be a lot of upset people if you lose to uh, both those teams in the same year, which will be the first time that happened. That's happened since 1998. 1998's been brought up a lot this year, unfortunately, hasn't it? Yeah, it has, and 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 I agree for sure. But if you, Tyler, I'll I'll give you this: if you could pick between these two options, go four and one with the one loss being to Oklahoma State, or go three and two and have a loss to Tech and a loss to Iowa State? What would you pick? So we actually had this conversation, Teddy and I did, I think maybe last week. I, I, I am one that's, look, it's, it, it's hard to turn down the, the fourth win, which would get you to, what, eight wins in the regular season with a chance at nine. But I think that Oklahoma State game is so critical that, I mean, there's a difference between seven and eight wins, but your tier of bowl game, I mean, really isn't going to change all that much. I, I, I don't think you're crazy for picking three and two and taking the win over OSU. That's how I think, that's how critical I think that game is. You're going to need a game so at some point this year, a really big win, because, you know, it, it's going to be looked at as a disappointing year, I think, regardless of what happens. What would help that is if you get a really big win and you could at least look back and say, yeah, it was a tough year, but that was a really nice win. Oklahoma State's your best chance for that. So I might go 3-2 and two with the win over Oklahoma State. I just think it's yeah, that critical. I think, I think due to – and I, I totally see where you're coming from on the, on the big win side. I'm, I'm looking at least from a negative recruiting aspect from other coaches coming after our recruits. I'm looking at limiting the amount of embarrassing losses on the schedule. And I think if you lose to, to the last place team in the Big 12 and then you lose, you know, West Virginia, one of the last place teams, I think you do that. I think it gives 
other coaches so much more ammo to be like, man, y'all beat Kansas, and that's about it this year. So um, a- a- as we see, obviously, Anthony Evans taking a visit, which he's on, he says he's 100% locked into OU. He got clearance from Venables, Lebby, and LDW. Like, like he got clearance from everybody. It's about his family, this, that, and the other. Colton Vosick we hear about all the time. You know, with that kind of stuff going on, and then as the text line keeps bringing up, what's to keep Texas A&M from just dropping a bag on whoever's doorstep? I think it's. I think I want to shut all that down by winning the games we're supposed to win. If we lose to OSU, fine. They get to 20 wins in the last 115 games or something like that. Um, and from the looks of it, we're not leaving the SEC. You know, this year, not leaving next year. So we still will have an opportunity to have the last laugh. Let me read a couple texts here. I really like Matt Campbell. When he gets fired at Iowa State, we should pick him up. Uh, there's just one problem, text line. I don't think Matt Campbell's going to get fired at Iowa State. I think Matt Campbell, I, I know they're having a rough year right now. Um, I, I don't know what the, the conversations are like between he and Nebraska or if those conversations are going on. But initially, Nebraska was very interested in Matt Campbell. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't see a scenario where Matt Campbell gets fired at Iowa State. I, I think um, I think he'll probably leave for somewhere else in the next in the next two years would be my guess. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think he's got a little. Uh, hmm, I think he's got a little Gundy to him. To be honest, uh, I, I don't I don't think they'll ever fire him because I'm not sure that they'll ever think they can do better. Um, but I think his star kind of faded a little bit, Tyler. Because that junior year of, of Brees Hall and Brock Purdy and Charlie Cole and all those guys, they had all that production returning, and they were a really sexy pick to win the Big 12. Top 10 um, preseason. To some, to, yeah, to make some noise maybe in the playoff, things like that. And it, it simply just didn't work out like that. So I think that was when his star was brightest, if you will, to where he could have, I mean, Maybe after that junior season, if maybe a couple of them leaving it, like, hey, he, he was getting talked about with the big jobs, right? And now it's like, oh, okay, I don't know if he's necessarily a, you know, a big, you know, a, bi- a blue blood type guy that you, you bring in and, and pay him all this outrageous money to go take over a blue blood. Uh, but, he, I mean – I, I wouldn't rule out, you know, seeing him at Nebraska or something like that. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Hour number one of the rush on a football Friday. Rolls on next. Talking Sooner Football. Officials.com. Cavens Construction, bringing you this hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, CavensConstruction.com. They can do everything, whether it's your home or your office building, emergency repairs, roofing, literally, whatever. Whatever help you need with your home or your office building, Cavens has got it, cavensconstruction.com. At least one texter was a little bit confused on the Air Comfort Solutions text line saying, wait, I thought OU was a top five class. There's a service out there that doesn't have OU in the top five. I guess that's on three. They have their own set of rankings. But OU is a top five class. They're currently the number four overall class in the 24-7 composite rankings, Travis. Yeah, the 24-7 composite is when, when people talk about, you know, class rankings, that's that's really the kind of the standard 
they talk about is is the 247 composite because it takes in all the different recruiting services. On3 is a part of that 247 ESPN and the Rivals Network. So, I mean, On3 is still building. Um, there's no doubt about it. And they, they, they take more of the NIL approach. Like, they do NIL valuations for kids, which really kind of annoys me because I've actually talked with somebody in – their leadership really and they're like yeah we you know we we do the nil evaluations so they can you know they can go to coaches and athletic directors and say this and, and negotiate i'm like what you know they can't do that right <laughs> like you know that that's not legal right like huh. so yeah it it's 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 a bit odd but i think they're trying to bark up that tree because they need something to differentiate because they just don't they're just not as well sourced as, you know, 247 certainly is, and then rivals, of course, too. Derek says, give me an OSU win at 3-2 and two to shut their fans up. I can't take another year of their fandom being so annoying. Uh, this one from the 405 says, I'll take the 3-2 and two as long as the win over OSU is a beating. If it's not a beatdown, then give me 4-1. Uh, and one. So there's a couple of responses to the uh, yeah, question. Yeah, we, we did a uh, – we did a poll. Uh, it's five and zero here in the uh, here at Jethro's. Five votes for four and one. Zero votes for three and two. Because I mean, well, you, hey, you they don't have one. to live with OSU fans up there in Iowa. Of course, they're saying four and one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's that. that. There's definitely a factor. Yeah, Kansas City's represented here too, so they're a little bit closer than Iowa, but. Uh, yeah, it's it definitely is. You know, you got your OSU friends, family, coworkers, whatever dogging you. But man, I just I I, I want to get I want to get at least eight wins out of this season. Simply simply because you know if if you have a rebuild year, say you get nine wins with a bowl. I mean that's that's not too much to hang your head about. I just need to see the defense get better. I'll I'll just start there, Travis. Eight, eight yeah, maybe wins, we're getting nine wins. Yeah, I just, I just want to see. I, I want to feel somewhat Six wins, optimistic. Anything. Just defense get better. I want to feel somewhat optimistic about the defense going into year two. And how's that going to happen? Well, it starts tomorrow, right? This defense playing a lot better and making uh, a bad Iowa State offense look just that, like a bad Iowa State offense. Yeah, make them look like Iowa State. Yeah. Hour two of the rush coming up next. 1400 AM, KREF, Norman, Moore, Oklahoma City, and 99.3 FM, K257DA, the Ref Sports Radio Network. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate on Sierra. 